I still have it here. This is a an old an old verse called Faith Mind, yeah, in Zen. Supposedly, purportedly said by the third patriarch of Zen, but they made all those lineages up. They have no idea who said it. But it's it's very simple. So, and in Taoism, they call like what we're talking about the Great Way. You know, the Great Way. Yeah, so he starts like this. The great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. When love and hate are both absent, everything becomes clear and undisguised. Make the smallest distinction, however, and heaven and earth are set infinitely apart. If you wish to see the truth, then hold no opinions for or against anything. To set up what you like against what you dislike is the disease of the mind. When the deep meaning of things is not understood, the mind's essential peace is disturbed to no avail. The way is perfect like vast space, where nothing is lacking and nothing is in excess. Indeed, it is due to our choosing to accept or reject that we do not see the true nature of things. Live neither in the entanglements of outer things nor in inner feelings of emptiness. Be serene in the oneness of things, and such erroneous views will disappear by themselves. When you try to stop activity to achieve passivity, your very effort fills you with activity. As long as you remain in one extreme or the other, you will never know oneness. Those who do not live in the single way fail in both activity and passivity, assertion and denial. To deny the reality of things is to miss their reality. To assert the emptiness of things is to miss their reality. The more you talk and think about it, the further astray you wander from the truth. Stop talking and thinking. Good luck with that. (laughs) And there is nothing you will not be able to know. To return to the root is to find the meaning, but to pursue appearances is to miss the source. At the moment of inner enlightenment, there is a going beyond appearance and emptiness. The changes that appear to occur in the empty world we call real only because of our ignorance. Do not search for the truth, only cease to cherish opinions. Do not remain in a dualistic state. Avoid such pursuits carefully. If there is even a trace of this and that, of right and wrong, the mind essence will be lost in confusion. Although all dualities come from the one, do not be attached even to the one. When the mind exists and understands exist undisturbed in the way nothing in the world can offend and when a thing can no longer offend it ceases to exist in the old way when no discriminating thoughts arise the old mind ceases to exist when thought objects vanish the thinking subject vanishes and when as when the mind vanishes objects vanish things are objects because of the subject the mind is subject is mind is subject is, be- is such because of things the object. Understand the reality of these, the- of these two and the basic reality, the unity of emptiness. In this emptiness, the two are indistinguishable, and each contains in itself the whole world. If you do not discriminate between coarse and fine, you will not be tempted to prejudice an opinion. To live in the great way is e- neither easy nor difficult, but those with limited views and fearful and, and irresolute, the faster they hurry, the slower they go. And clinging cannot be limited. Even to be attached to the idea of enlightenment is to go astray. Just let things be in their own way, and there will be neither coming nor going. 
Obey the nature of things, your own nature, and you will walk freely and undisturbed. When thought is in bondage, the truth is hidden, for everything is murky and unclear, and the burdensome practice of judging brings annoyance and weariness. What benefit can be derived from distinctions and separations? If you wish to move in the one way, do not dislike even the world of senses and ideas. Indeed, to accept them fully is, a, is identical with true enlightenment. The wise man strives to no goals, but the foolish man fetters himself. This is one dharma, not many. Distinctions arise, but the clinging needs from the clinging needs of the ignorant. To seek mind with the mind is the greatest of all mistakes. Rest and unrest derive from illusion. When enlightenment there is no liking and disliking. All dualities come from ignorant inference. They are, they are like dreams of flowers in the air, foolish to try to grasp them. Gain and loss, right and wrong, such thoughts must finally be abolished at once. If the eye never sleeps, all dreams will naturally cease. If the mind makes no discriminations, the 10,000 things are as they are of single essence. To understand the mystery of this onness, to be released from all entanglements. When all things are seen equally, the timeless self-essence is reached. This is the big S, so. No comparisons or analogies are possible in this causeless, relationless state. Consider movement stationary and the stationary in motion. Both movement and rest disappear. When such duality cease to exist, oneness itself cannot exist. To this ultimate finality, no law or description applies. For the unified mind in accord with the way, all self-centered straining ceases, doubts and irresolutions vanish, and life in true faith is possible. With a string, single stroke, we are freed from bondage. Nothing clings to us, and we hold to nothing. All is empty, clear, self-illuminating, with no exertion of the mind's power. Here, thought, feeling, knowledge, and imagination are of no value. In this world of suchness, there is neither self nor other than self. To come directly into harmony with this reality, just simply say when doubt arises, not to. In this no to, nothing is separate, nothing is excluded. No matter when or where, enlightenment means entering this truth. And this truth is beyond extension or diminution in time or space. In it, a single thought is 10,000 years. Emptiness here, emptiness there, but the infinite universe stands always before your eyes. Infinitely large and infinitely small, no difference for definitions have vanished, and no boundaries are seen. So too with being and non-being. Don't waste time in doubts and arguments that have nothing to do with this. One thing all things move among and intermingle without distinction. To live in this realization is to be without anxiety about non-perfection. To live in this faith is the road to non-duality, because the non-dual is one with the trusting mind. Words, the way is beyond language, for in it there is no yesterday, no tomorrow, no today. Now, usually when people hear this, they think, how the hell am I going to do that? Yeah? It immediately goes back to the basic reference point, which you and I are the doer. So, in a way, sometimes when you hear anything that's spoken it almost seems like it's an order or someone's gonna, there's like a demand in it. Like, you're going to have to do this or that's going to occur. And in a way, then we seem to be the big player, the big star, which to me is all about the self-obsession. The, all this stuff happens as a byproduct 
from a simple invitation, like we were just sharing, when anything's going on out here, maybe it would take you 50 steps into it to have it changed, or maybe 200 steps into it to get it corrected, or maybe 500 steps into it to figure it out. But all you need is to take one step back. One step back, and that's where you are. That's what you are. One step, no matter what you're involved with, it may be as deep and as long, and maybe it have been bothering you for 30 years, but to get relief from it is one step back. One step. Yeah. Just what is seeing all of this? What is it that thinks, who is it that's worrying about next week? Just keep bringing it back, and it's only one step. So it's, not, it's a journey that takes half of a second. Bring it back, and right there is what we all are looking for. It's right there. Like St. Francis said it so beautifully, what's looking is what you and I are looking for. And what's looking can't be found in this identification. Yes, This is a process. This feeling of being Paul, this body was produced in time. Yes? The mental state, when I was a kid, I didn't have it. It hadn't developed yet. When you, They say with a lot of research that a baby up to 12 to 18 months has no sense of self or other. It has to be formulated by the mental development. Once the mental development reaches a certain point, it produces a sense of self. And now, instead of being at square zero, where when you look at life from square zero, it looks totally different than from square three. So most of us, we start our day almost as an afterthought. The conscious contact has all been forgotten which is the the basic experience of life, it doesn't say Paul in contact with life, it's conscious contact. Consciousness is in contact here, happening, yes? Then the mental state arises and then claims what's happening, and then you're crowned to be the one who's conscious. You're crowned to be, and when I say you, it's not personal, it's all of us, this you is crowned to be the one who's seeing the one who's feeling, the one who's tasting, the one who's touching, the one who's smelling, the one who's thinking, the one who's having, the one who's losing, the one who's close, the one who's far, the one who got it, the one who lost it, the one who wishes they had it back. On and on and on and on and on. All of the movement starts at that first step. Yeah, The first step into the identification as the body produces this incredible place of tons of journeys that tend to end up going nowhere things happening and happening and happening and you're still left with the exact same thing you had in the beginning of it all which is nothing yeah. you, can, you, can, you can have the most something of anyone else but in fact at one point it actually adds up to nothing because everything is, is totally we're trying to add on to what everything is we're trying to add value to which is inherently valuable we're trying to make nothing into something and yet nothing is the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah? That basic dog shit of awareness, of being on. Yeah? You're on today. There's acknowledgement. There's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and you're hearing thoughts, just like you would see your bird fly by with the eye. You're hearing, thir- thought, you're hearing thoughts with the mind's ear, so to speak. Yeah? But what happens is the thoughts sing a siren song, like Ulysses in the, in the old Homer Odyssey. The sirens are singing, it's all about you. The thought system is all about you. It was all about what you once were and all about what you're going to be. And, you know, because it's about us, we're interested in it. 
It has absolutely very little interest in anyone else other than you. Yeah. If I heard the songs that are being played in your head and I knew they weren't mine, I'd be bored in two minutes. I'd change the channel probably. But I've been listening to the same old, it's like golden oldies from a lousy radio station. The same old golden oldies for 40 years, just hoping a nugget's going to drop in. You know what I mean? Something, it's about me. <laughs> Even if it's a little crumb, it's so much. It's about me. I'm relevant. So what do we rely on here? What do you go to? What's telling me about my day? Is it my elbow, my knee? It's the thought system, yeah? I wake up in the morning, and the thought system, you might as well not get up today. It's going to suck, you know what I mean? I mean, fucking forget about it. Don't even go to work. You're going to be fired on Friday anyway, you yeah? know? And so it like sort of plays God, and you actually believe it. So what happens? It produces an effect from what's not happening. Yeah? Five o'clock is... See, in this game of life, you're getting dealt a hand. Yeah? And there's only one card at 8.04 in the morning, and that's the 8.04 card. You can't get the 4 p.m. card until you get the 4 p.m. But the head constantly tells us, well, I know what that card's going to be at 4 p.m. It's going to be a deuce. Yeah? It's going to be the joker or something. It has no freaking idea. All it wants to do is grab your interest and attention and hide it in yesterday and tomorrow so that you don't have enough interest and attention to even be interested and attentive to what you are. Your mind just flits this way and goes that way. You, it's like this long time tunnel. It's like a car with two gears. You just go into the future, into the past, into the future, into the past, into the future, into the past. What would happen if the thoughts, if you could have power over the thoughts? Not getting rid of them, not even altering them, not making them all good and sunny and happy, not one touching the thought at all. But you could totally change its effect by dropping out one thing that was added. Yeah represented by the word my. Not do anything with the thought. Not one thing. Don't try to make them all you know, like very, very happy and loving thoughts. Nothing. Just leave the thought alone. But just see, is there a my? A my affixed to them. Is there, and does that my represent a sense that you're the doer of the thoughts? That you're the thinker of the thoughts? Or they're about you? Because that's where the glue is. The glue isn't the thoughts. Yeah? The glue is put into the thoughts. And then the thoughts are used to bond our mind to this idea of being a body, basically. A historical figure that should be worried about tomorrow because it could be like yesterday. Yeah? Fear of losing what you have and afraid of not getting what you want. Driven almost like a form of slavery. You can't even stop to smell the roses. You don't have time to do anything like that. It just marches, marches you along. To me, it feels like a hand in your back. I watched some people I used to hike with. When I was watching them hike, their mind was three steps ahead thinking about the next day's hike. Yeah? Or what the ocean's going to look like when we get to the top. They were never where their feet were. It was all running ahead. You know? just thinking about the next weekend, next weekend, how we should get here earlier next weekend, on and on. If they were not even located right where their body was, yet the mind pledges total allegiance to the body, but if you realize it, it hates the body. 
The mental state has made a pact with the body because that's its reference point. That's how it convinces us that we're a solid, long-lasting, independent, separate entity. It uses the body to produce that evidence, but the head hates the body in most cases. You're not good enough, you're not this enough, you can't jump high enough, you can't do that. You, oh, you're looking terrible today, you're gaining a little weight, you don't you look bad in those pants, constantly. And you would think there would be a huge drive for self-preservation, but it's only attempting to preserve itself, not the body. I saw that younger, I was young, I had a thousand hits of LSD in my room, and we were going to go to a Rod Stewart concert in Manhattan. So me and my friends dropped a couple of tabs of acid, and before we we left, I, my head said to me, "You should take seven downs, downers. You know what I mean, like barbiturates, which would probably kill me." But my head says, "Oh, why don't you take seven downers?" I say. And I could hear it almost like a foreign installment. I said, what about the self-preservation instinct? <laughs> I mean, it sounds like my head wants to kill me in the pursuit of a, a good night of seeing Rod Stewart. Take seven downs on two hits of acid and take a train into the city? Freaking it's insane. But this is the point. It has no allegiance to the body other than the way it uses it. Yeah? And it uses it to refer back to constantly, to run, run its story on us, for, its, for us to believe that we are a separate, long-lasting, independent, separate entity, and we must be thought about. There's things to think about. What's going to happen to me if I don't think about it? What's, like we were just talking earlier, what happens? I can't take, I'm not going to sink into the void. What would happen if I gave everything up? What would happen? Of course, we used to use this thing. Let's look at a, an event. A, ben, a, a snake molting its skin. Yeah, Happens every year. So there's the snake and there's the skin. We're going to look at the same event from two points of view. From the skin's point of view, the skin believes it's the snake. Yes? So it starts getting this feeling it's going to fall off and it's petrified because actually something is going to be there when it falls off which goes against its whole story of being the snake. So what does it do? It jacks into the snake's head and says, buy a lot of moisturizer. You know? But you can't lose the skin. You know? Don't guys don't hit that rock. Don't go out in the midday sun. You know, no, no. Yeah? So it's like super petrified of this event occurring. What happens if you look at it from the snake's point of view? It's like hallelujah. When the skin falls off it gets another new skin that's much more attractive to female snakes. It's quicker. It runs over the rocks much easier. So from the snake's, snake's point of view, it's hallelujah. From the skin's point of view, it's Armageddon. This is, what, this is like the seeming option all day in our heads. Most people rely on that which they're not to make a deep decision such as, should I, go, should I enter the void? Because you think you're going to lose something. You're going to go to the cliff, look down, and go away. Just like everyone here, when we speak, we, we get to a point where we'll say something, and then I'd say, all right, I'm really going to say it for my authentic self, and then we believe that's us. But if it's in language, yeah, and if it's a product of thought, that is not you. So no matter how much you feel like you're disconnected, you're not disconnected. Yeah. No matter how much you feel, how much I feel, I'm not in the moment, I'm in the moment. There's no way I could be out of a moment. We've, ins we've been entertaining some insane ideas, 
and now they're the new norm. You didn't have it when you were a kid, did you? Were you worried about playing next week when you were playing? Yeah. Time hadn't set up yet. I wasn't, you know, oh, am I going to be playing next week? And I don't want to play with him next week, you know. <laughs> there was no next week. There was no idea of next week. And therefore, all the stuff that we seem to be driven to get, like relief from, there was no drive to get that relief. Because there was no need to get any relief. Because we weren't trying to get relief from that. We're trying to get relief from this. This grew. We grew into it, seemingly. And now we'd like to grow out of it. But it, the, the, the whole trick with this is, no matter how much you want to get out of it, if you take yourself to be it, you're going to try to get out of it as it. Yeah. No matter how much your head is driving you crazy and you'd like to get out of it, the feel, what is that feeling that's being produced that I want to get out of this, that, that is part of the system, the mental system. Yeah? The sense of being a you that wants to get out of it. So it's like this dilemma of self trying to get out of self. It's impossible. The self wants to leave its own, its own makings with the expectation that it, there wouldn't be any of its makings when it got to a new place. But it's the place it seems to be in isn't what's producing the makings. It's it. It's the ignorance of our nature that's causing the ir- irritability, restlessness, and discontentment, or the displacement, or the inability to have a relationship to with a person, or to respond to what's actually happening, or to be able to hold the space. All of these things are promoting a very deep dis-ease that we try to cover up by a lot of addictions, you know, drinking, using, sex, shopping, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But there's no relief. There's no relief. You can't get relief from self as a self. You have to get relief from self, recognizing you're not that. That's how I found it to be. As soon as it dawned on me that that which was talking to me wasn't me, I entertained I could be free from it like that. And what happened is that entertaining played out and a stabilized freedom from the bondage of self was produced and is still producing itself. I'm not producing it at all. I don't do a damn thing all day. As soon as, if I was introduced to it, (laughs) it's just like these talks. I've never missed a talk I've ever given because I've never shown up at any talks. If I was thinking I was going to talk, I had a bad stomach this morning. I can't give a talk today. No. All I do is show up and something happens every time. But would I have shown up every time? No freaking way. You wouldn't pay to see me. (laughs) No freaking way. You'd pay not to see me. I I do this little little joke routine, which is we were going to do a new kind of retreat. And it was going to call Retreat from Paul. Yeah. So I would send you some CDs and some tapes of talks I've done and stuff like that. And then I'd send you a, a DVD of some old girlfriend's testimonials, how great it is not to have Paul in their lives. They feel the presence by Paul's absence. You know? so, and then I'd say, okay, if you want to try this, I guarantee you I won't be where you are for this weekend. Yeah. I won't call you, I won't see you, and tell me, and on Monday, I bet you you feel so much better by my absence in your life. 
And I tell you, and all right, there's a P.O. box, send $50 for the first weekend. And you, if you feel better without me in your life, then we can continue and just send it to this Hawaii Post Office box. And I bet you people would sign up for it. If I put it on the Internet, I bet you they'd sign up for it. They'd probably pay more money than a retreat with Paul. This is how absurd it is. It's insane. It's insane what we're doing. Some ladies paid $60,000 to go to retreat to die in a sweat. They ended up passing away in a sweat, like a Native American sweat. They paid $60,000 to, to have someone else kill them, <laughs> basically. But they was believing they were <laughs> That's the whole thing. They believed. Now, I'm going to wake up. No, no. <laughs> Obviously, you're not going to wake up ever again. <laughs> I mean, we were just talking about this Zen master, Zen uh, teacher. He's like 105 years old when he finally got called out. Yeah, and one of his main sub-teachers decided, I can't live anymore. This guy's been like abusing women this all this time, and so he's, he he put it out there. So the people, some of the women, they they uh, interviewed, and this one woman says, Oh, he brought me into this interview room, and he said, Hey, fondle me or something like this. Yeah. First he fondled her, and then he says, fondle me. And while she was doing it, she says, is this part of the practice? (laughs) (laughs) How far it can be taken. It's like, where does common sense go? Where does common sense go? If, If you had a, if you, if you went to a factory, let's say if somebody, let's say if I was a furniture salesman, and I sold you couches and furniture. Every time you ordered a piece, it was exactly as you ordered it. It was it was brought to you exact time I said it would, yes? And it was in everything was in pristine condition. Would I need any excuses, rationales, or blaming? If I actually delivered the goods, would I need excuses, rationale, blaming? How's your head? A lot of excuses, rationales, and blaming others, yes? Because it's a failed system. The thought system is failed based on one thing and one thing only that just geometrically progresses. It takes you as a body. Thoughts take you as a body. You're pictured as a body. How could a body become spiritual? How weird. You would have to put you'd have to put on so much spiritual moisturizer to have even a tiny of it seep in. If the skin that you're applying it to is self, nothing's getting through. You can do a three month retreat, maybe it will last its effects for a day or two, and then the same old, same old, the same old weather front will roll in. And it will be like it was right before the retreat. The solution is us. There's not a solution for us. We are the solution. We're the reality here. Not how I think myself to be, but what's prior to the thoughts. The seeing. Every problem I've ever had, there's only been one seeing of all those problems. Every scene that ever occurred, maybe I've seen 800,000 objects, but there was only one seeing of it all. Every note I ever heard was heard by one seeing, not even one seeing, just seeing. 
everything that's ever happened was seen or noticed by one and only one event, which is seeing, not me, not you, but the seeing that's coming through all of us right now. It's the simplest message because you step back from the... There's the mail slot. You step back and then you're in your own home. The mental mail slot, the message comes in. You get it, you step back and you recognize your home. And as soon as you recognize your home, you realize that's that's all I've ever been looking for. And that it was the looking that was causing me to be blind to it. I was so busily looking for it in a certain way, I couldn't see the way. That what needed to go was me. Me represented as the my, the me, the I. That's all. Don't changing anything else, just, just having one little sense drop out. A thought is a thought. You're going to travel a lot lighter with a thought than your thought. Every time a thought is preceded by my, a lot of weight can go into it. Let's say we supposedly have 70,000 thoughts a day happening in our head. I was a house painter. I needed maybe 15 thoughts to do a job a day. What are the 69,985 thoughts doing all day? They're being used to reinforce this bondage to this idea of being the body. We're constantly being bombarded every moment of every day. Everything is, this is just what it is, but the way the mental state uses it, it uses it as a pointer. So crackers, my crackers. Yeah? Thoughts, my thoughts. Feelings, my feelings. Actions, my actions. Every damn thing that we become conscious of is being used to point to the phantom, the phantom one, the someone, the body that's doing everything, that's having everything done to it. And therefore, then when we want to know spirit, instead of looking through this, we just try to turn this around to see wherever it is. We never just look through this. We, We immediately... The reference is very, very strong. It arises so quickly. Nothing can beat it in time. The only place you have salvation is in timelessness. And we are a timeless event. The mental process takes time, but almost no other process is going to beat it. It's so quick. Your assumption of being a body is so fast, it pretty much is the mitt that goes up to catch anything that's thrown. This message catches it. This, you're, you're not a self, the selfing catches it, yeah? And it can go to such an absurd length, it can try to become a non-self as a self. How to, you can't get to it, you're not going to beat it out here, you're going to see it never happened in here, yeah? Taking the one step back, you're at the place you were trying to get to. Just taking one step back. Instead of believing you start as the body, you recognize you start prior to the body. That you never even started, but you start prior to the body. 
it's like they had this Monty Python skit that I used to really like where they're in an English garden you know with big hedges but they have safari outfits on and a safari hat and they come out and they're all dying of thirst and they have no food right and they're going we're gonna die here we, the water's run out the food's run out and then suddenly they go hey there's a film crew filming us and oh and then the film crew the aperture opens oh there's the film crew they have water and things and, and they're all eating oh we're safe and then suddenly they go wait a minute there's a film crew filming us and it keeps going back back every time they think oh this is it there's another there's another filming another filming another filming another filming you and I are never gonna see or get behind the camera as a body we are the what's behind the camera One lady was telling me the other day about this thing where this is what happened with me when I first heard this message. I, I was assuming that I was seeing this stuff happening, you know, like mental states and emotional states. So I walked into a satsang like this, and not she didn't say anything specific, but it triggered something that, oh, Jesus, I thought that was me seeing the mental states, but that was another mental state seeing the mental states, just like the film crew, yeah? I said, Jesus Christ. So there, my aperture opened up. The, you know, my camera went, opened up a little more, which felt really good. I felt spacious and presence. But then, this thing rose again and said, oh, now I'm really seeing all the mental states. As if it wasn't a mental state, yeah? And then so, suddenly that camera moved behind. Oh, you got caught again. And it happened about seven times, and then I got it. This, anything that's ever said, in their thought, through the thought system is not your true location. You're the seeing of what's ever, ever said. Nothing that's being said speaks for you. It just speaks at you and to you all day, but it never speaks for you. You are prior to it. Yeah? No matter how far it goes, you're always going to be prior. It can never get behind you. It can, it's always presented in front of you. Now, how much thought does it take to listen to that? The leaves, you know, the wind. Yet, how much does it say? A huge amount, yeah? The silence is in somewhere we need to go. It's what we are. You can rest there while you're doing other stuff. It's not either or, yes or no, you know? You can seemingly be busy and yet be at rest. It's reliable. It's always available at all times. Because wherever you are, it is. It's there that you comprehend the word serenity. It's there that you know peace. It's there that those masters say it's the peace that passeth all understanding because it's not produced or acquired through understanding. It's pure vision. It's pure seeing. And I have total faith, as this man was saying, it's a, the famous thing is called faith mind, because that's what happens. 
he started relying on, on the obvious instead of putting faith into the thought system because faith, every one of us here has, it's like to me, it's a quality of mind, faith. And every one of us has tons of faith. But in this place of manifestation, the effects of faith is based on what it's put in. Yeah? Many of us have a lot of faith in the thought system and therefore we're quite anxious most of the time. Because the thought system is thinking things are going to happen to us that seem to be very unpleasant. Yeah? And yet we feel that fear of that now. But it's not produced by what's happening. This fear is about emotion. It's like a mimicking, a mental mimicking. It produces the physiological, the nervous, the mental sense of fear without any apparent threat. And so maybe in a life, maybe you'll have 30 times where you really feel, feel fear. And yet, with the mental anxiety, you're feeling that equation of fear 30 times before the afternoon comes. It's like we're being buzzed out, like electrocuted all day, like just bursts of anxiety, which we can't taste, touch, hear, or see, but it has a huge w- Im- impact. It has a bigger impression. It's a, it's a harder punch, and it's not even thrown here. You're just zapped out. It's like having those buzzes. People thought if they'd have a little electric buzzer every second, it would keep them in the moment. They used to sell these things. So, <laughs> you'd have this little thing like a cattle prod. <laughs> All right, I'm not a cattle. I'm not a cow. I'm not a cow. <laughs> I mean, this is nothing is, this, none of it's going to work. Because what we're trying to work can't be produced. It already is. It's, it's addressed with open hands, not with another tool and another technique. It's addressed with open hands. It's sort of like, okay, I'm willing to give up all the gauges and the barometers and the rulers, and let's see what happens, because they've exhausted me. And that's their true success. Any path's true success is to exhaust you. You finally give it up, and maybe the possibility that was always apparent becomes apparent to you, you know. So the thought system, people are devoted to their thoughts, and you can see them. Instead of like this, they're like this. They're just anxious all day, and you can't see why. You're looking around, where the hell is that thing? And <laughs> Because they believe the thoughts. Yeah. They have faith in the thoughts. What would happen if you had faith in mind? Maybe the same byproduct that he was sharing about, they weren't produced, those were effects, would become a, would be brought about like Jesus says you know, you know a faith a little thing a mustard seed of faith could fucking produce a mountain look at what happens it produces mountains out of molehills doesn't it in our head our mental landscape is full of mountains that were made out of molehills a molehill is very tiny very small like someone didn't call you and then there's a huge mountain of all the reasons it's just that's what happens it just blows things up it's like blowing a doll up all day so people think we're not miracle workers I said it last night look at Lazarus he got he got supposedly raised from the dead but at least he was alive at one time we're making shit out of nothing all day yeah people are causing a very a contraction right now not from now but from Wednesday the idea of a Wednesday. It happens now, but it's from the idea of a Wednesday. 
to me, how could that have power if it's not happening? It must have a power source it's connecting to. I would say it's us. How could something that's not happening have a huge effect? How could something that's not real, like false evidence appearing real, is an acronym we use in recovery, because that's what the mental state's producing quite a lot. False evidence is saying this is that, and that, and this. And then suddenly, magically, it can appear real. And yet, if your condition changes, the same thing that appeared real five minutes ago will appear not to be real. What's the only reality there is in those, those events? You. We have it like in AA, I hear people share. They have an idea of what was the worst thing that ever happened to them. And they built an altar there, and it's, it, been, it's been used for excuses not to finish school or get married or something like that. Then they come into recovery, their mind changes, it becomes the best thing that ever happened to them. Well, what is it? Was it the worst thing? Or is it the best thing? Or is it neither? It's, it's exactly what you make it, based on where you're seeing things from, yeah? If the where you're seeing things from changes, then the things basically change for you, don't they? Hmm? You don't see that as an incredible power? That I've seen, you take 20 people who have had a heinous thing happen, like let's say child abuse, yet you follow those 20 people, and each and every one of them have had a different result from that. Some, it, would, it, it, it projected them into an incredible, incredible opening. Others, they became alcoholics, let's say. Yeah? The event, no matter how heinous it is, it doesn't give a uniform reaction to anyone. We still always outride whatever's happening. We have the ability to outshine any circumstance and any situation because we're the only circumstance and situation, basically. We are prior to everything that's happening. We're in a position, in a mental way, that it's happening to us, and then we're in another position, in a centered way, that it's happening. Life happening is totally different than life happening to me. It's a much nicer way to go. All this is, all happened with me, my mind shifted, and everything else has been a byproduct. It's just been spinning, coming from the inside out. I haven't done a damn thing in years now. The only time I read a scripture like that is when there's a talk. I swear to God, I have no interest in any of it at all. And it's the most freeing. I've been freed from the need to be liberated, <laughs> tell you the truth. <laughs> I've been freed from the need to be liberated. You don't need to be. You don't need to be liberated. You need to be freed from the need to be liberated. Yeah. That's the liberation. You get out of here by finally giving up and being here completely. That's how you're out of here. The urban renewal project. I don't know if you use that term anywhere you are. We have these urban renewal projects. It's like a constant construction that people make tons of money on, nothing ever gets done, it just goes on for 40 years. Well, this is sort of what, when you take yourself to be the body, you're going to be like an urban renewal project. Constantly, out, you know, putting more and more interest and attention into it, thinking this is what you are. Trying to promote this and this alone all fucking day. Take one step back. It's not even a step back. Take one step back. 
and all the journeys and everything, they all look different. Not by getting closer, but by getting farther away, basically. If the mind drops out, you'll have an easier time with thoughts. If the mind drops out, you'll have easier time with feelings. If the mind drops out, you'll have easier time with problems, because they won't be your problems. Yeah? If my drops out, t- everything will seem to get lighter, and it will stabilize, and you'll see that's the greatest joy of all. Not a giant explosion of realization, but a lightness every day to whatever life has in store for you. Yeah? Lighter, 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 lighter. Almost like getting teared down all the time. I've been on it. I've been, you know, this has been going on for years, and you really know the problem from the solution, yeah? Something dawns on you, and then it describes what was causing it not to seem to be so, basically, yeah? You can't know the problem from the problem, but you can know it from the solution. And really, truly, from the solution, the problem is an activity. It's not done in stone. It was never done, so it doesn't have to be undone. It never came to pass, so it has, does, never has to be erased. It just has to be seen for what it is. Yeah? It's a mental activity implying that there's a solid someone there. And if it's a mental activity and you lose interest in it, it's like having a radio that's in about five rooms away. You'll still hear it, but you won't be listening to it anymore. And then you'll go on with your life being driven and navigated by something other than the thought system. The pursuit of happiness may turn into a leisurely walk because you will be content. Yeah? The dissatisfaction that drives most seeking will be totally stopped because you'll be satisfied. Your more will be called enough. And then you can be used. Used in so many ways. Just holding the space for people, listening to people, not listening to people. Doing something like this, washing the dishes, doing anything, having kids. Just be, just resting in that acknowledgement of what you are is going to lend a lot of influence without having to point it at anyone. Anything you come in contact will be influenced by it because it will be ringing the same bell in them with them maybe knowing it or maybe not knowing, but the bell will be rung, yeah? Any questions? You know, you don't need, need much. 
It's like, you know, old cars, I don't know if you have them here, but most old cars have carburetors, yeah. So let's say uh, your car, and you know a little bit about cars, and so the car stalls, and you're with a friend, yeah? You can't turn over. So you ask him to go to the back into the trunk and get the gas can, and we take the air filter off, and you tell him, all right, wait, just put a couple of drops of gas in there, then you turn the car on, yes? And then it catches, and now it's succeeded. You're driving again, yeah? What would happen if he keeps pouring gas in the car? It floods the engine again, yeah? All it needs is a couple of drops. All you need is an invitation. The knowledge that you are is prior all now than all knowledge you can attain or achieve or study. You are an innate knowledge. Yeah. It doesn't take much to trigger it. Just a couple of drops, message or two, maybe some repetition, and there'll be an unspoken yes or an aha, something. Maybe it'll seem like it only was a second, but a, a sense of assurance will come over you. That's where your temple's built. You're the, you're the sacred ground. Honor that. Pray there. And what will happen? It will verify itself through the fruits that you see in your life. And they may, may not be much, but they'll be everything. Maybe your life will get a lot lesser and lesser and simpler and simpler, but there'll be a joy that you couldn't acquire. Yeah. You'll feel filled up enough that you could be used by things here. You can work around and just be available to others because you're not so busy looking for something. Yeah. It won't be your time anymore. It'll just be time. Yeah. It won't be your day anymore. No, I still have a question. I'm yes. To my mind, yes. How do I know if I'm driven? by my thoughts are driven by... Uh, you'll get a sense of it. Once you have the contrast, yeah. once you recognize that the feeling of that download, mm-hmm. yeah, then you'll be, able to, you'll be able to discern more and more. The, the thought system to me is more horizontal, and then the other thing is more like a vertical, as a picture, yeah? The download, like intuition, is sort of vertical, or it intersects the linear story of me, yes? Mm-hmm. It's like knowledge of, from timelessness, which is always available. The, 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 the thought systems download are from the past, yes? And they're just trotting out across this moment to project into a future, so it's like horizontal. But all you need is a couple examples or samples, and you'll, you'll trigger a recognition. Yeah, it's like leaving a failed system and the wor- into a working system. You can, you'll see, you'll see how it feels. Yeah, trust me, you'll know so it. So, how would you explain intuition? Hmm? How would you explain intuition? Intuition, mm-hmm. a sudden bolt of of knowledge. Yeah, prior to the thought system. It up. 
you know, sometimes you feel like suddenly you feel something. Yes. And then it starts. Yes. Undermining. Yes. Well, it's going to try to claim it. That's what it does, yeah. And at a certain point, you lost the original feeling or the intuition. Well, you never lost it. It just gets covered up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. How to get that? By by honoring when a sample occurs, Mm -hmm. and you catch it before the heist, yes? And when you'll see the mental state try to claim it. Just like here, well, I'll use an example of epiphanies. People, you know, an epiphany. You ever hear one? It's a realization. It's sort of like when you get interrupted, you know, like in a strong way, and there's the absence of you, and it's like a huge peak moment for many people's lives. So it's called an epiphany. You're just walking around, let's say, you can't make a reservation for one. You know what I mean? It's not like you know it's going to happen. It sort of just catches you unawares, and then something ceases, which is the self thing's influence, and then you're there, yeah? So this is what usually happens when an epiphany ends. Yes? The epiphany's going on, and then the thought system arises and says, I'm having an epiphany. Yeah? As soon as the claiming happens, and it succeeds, that's the end of the epiphany. Yeah? So if you can see it arising, it's going to still attempt to claim, but if you see it, it can't fulfill the claiming. Yeah? And you'll know. You see? So use the knowledge that the main movement of selfing, its first movement is to claim whatever it comes in contact with. So you have a feeling coming through like an intuition. Its little sensor goes off. It rushes over there. Hey, I'm having that feeling. Yeah? And it means this. You'll see it. It's a Johnny-come-lately because you can see from timelessness that's what your nature is we've been trained to look in time and then we're blind to the timelessness but it hasn't gone anywhere it's available and from timelessness you can see time you can see the process that you used to look from you'll see it you'll see its movement to claim what it has nothing to do with just like here you know I have what Last time I went to New York, I hadn't been there for two years, yeah? So, first thing people do, they see me, they say, hey, you're growing your hair. Yeah. I go, oh, yeah, I've been growing my hair. It looks pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah. And they go, yeah, you're doing a good job. Your hair looks really good. And I said, well, I, you know, what I did is I joined a group, and we grow our hair together, and it's growing longer. I think it's really great. And I wish you'd join. Your hair's not looking so good. That's a really good job. It sounds like very innocent, but it's saying that I have something to do with something I have nothing to do with. Is it? I don't do anything to grow the hair. If I don't cut it, it grows. But the way it sounds, the language is, I, have, I, I grew my hair. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Or just like when I say, what happened to my knee? I hurt my knee in the water. It sounds like I went out in the water with a hammer and just banged my knee, you know? And I heard it, I tried to hurt it last week, but it didn't work, so I got a bigger hammer and I really heard it now. I really heard it surfing, you know what I mean? Like I went out and tried, it was my intention. This is the language of claiming, yeah? But how would you explain it then, if you get the question? I just feel like I'm explaining it now. Just see the principle. Don't look at the particulars. You... Don't, don't, you'll miss the forest from the trees, you see? If you want to get a real particular, it's a way of disguising the forest. See the example, and then expand on the example. 
If you see one time where your head sounded like it was trying to claim something it had nothing to do with, then you've seen esteem. And you'll see more and more of it. And you'll recognize, oh, that's its major old modus operandi. Yeah? You can recognize what you're not. You can study what you're not. You can study self. And if you study self, you'll forget self. Because what all the information about self is going to distill into, it's not you. And that's its whole trick. The only reason why you're interested in the thoughts happening in the head is they're about you. I swear. You'd be bored stiff they were, if they were Stanley's thoughts. You would. You would have done, you would have do anything not to listen to those. And you'd be very easily, you'd have an immunity if you saw them as Stanley's. It's because they're about us. Yes? Or that can explain everything. All you need is one example and let the mind, let it entertain. Yeah? You know what I mean? All you need is one example of, uh, or having that one sense that hasn't been co-opted yet of when you were really, really, really just okay. Yeah? Get familiar with that and you'll see the opposites movement of contraction. And you'll see it's usually in thought. Yeah? The thought arises and it contracts whatever's going on, claims it, and neuters it. Just like it does with these messages. You hear the message, you're a lion, it neuters it and makes it until I can become like a lion. You hear the message, there is no doer, and the first thing you ask is, how do I, all right, I understand you perfectly, what do I do? Yeah? It's, just, it's just unbelievable how it's, it's so stubbornly hiccuping, it's difficult to have it stop. Yeah? You, you'll have a total understanding of non-doership, and you'll think, oh, well, how do I do it? Yeah? So I had a lady have an incredible event at this last talk I did in Toronto. Went into this like 30 minute laughing jag when she saw her original face, so to speak. She saw the ridiculousness of the selfie. So she was just laughing like crazy. And we just let it go. Then a day later, she emails me and says, I lost it. <laughs> I lost it already. <laughs> All based on the idea that she had anything, which she didn't have, but I lost it. And then the next, what what can I do to get it back? You don't see it? It's one simple glitch that just repeats itself millions of times. It puts a different dress on it, or like it's like the uh, lipstick on the pig, so you keep not recognizing it as the pig. You know what I mean? Oh, it's different. Oh, they just put lipstick on a or like shoes on a stake or something. It's just see it, yeah? See it. You have the ability to see what you're not. When you see what you're not, sooner or later in the seeing of what you're not, the emphasis is gonna shift from there to what's seeing. Yeah. It's going to happen, either immediately or down the road. But I'm telling you, one time you're going to be saying, oh, all right, I'm seeing this, and then suddenly, and the this is still getting all the attention. I'm seeing this move I'm trying to claim, and suddenly it'll go into the scene, and you'll... When you arrive home, there will be an unspoken yes. You will know, beyond knowing. There won't be any fucking confusion. The thought system will we'll try to bring the clouds over it, try to change the weather front, but you'll know. Yeah.
you'll out, immediately you'll outshine the circumstances and the situations that are being interpreted by the head. Immediately. It takes no time to erase nothing. None. None. So, have faith in mind. You know deep down. Yeah? Follow that. And when the thought system arises, do not pledge allegiance to it if you can, you know, just see it. It's basically talking as if it's you. And if you let it go unnoticed, you'll feel like it's you. Yes? And then you'll start listening to a whole day interpretation about it feeling like it's you. You give it one inch, it will take miles. It, It makes the miles. It makes it all. Yeah? You're incredibly quiet right now in timelessness. You give it one little inch, it makes miles, hours, in frequencies, farther, I'm far away, I'm close to, oh, I blew it again, I blew and it's all about you. All the gyrations, they're like giant full-length mirrors, you're, you're just seeing yourself and everything. You know? Just see it. First movement, claiming. That's what selfing does. So, the mental process isn't conscious, it claims to be conscious. The mental process, right? The mental process claims to be the thinker of just a system that's being produced by the brain. Yes? It's amazing. How many people, if I would sit here and go, oh, i got to stop the meeting now. I forgot to digest that burrito I had earlier. You know? And, oh, oh I remembered I had the pizza last night. I, I need a couple hours. i got to go inside and digest. You know? It sounds funny. But we're not taking any... We're not taking any claiming of some of the bodily functions. No one's looking in the toilet after something comes out, are they? I do. You do? Really? For how long? Just briefly. Oh, just briefly. All right. We'll recognize, see if you're healthy or not. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, all right. But so, so there's some interest and attention based on the health of the body. Okay. All right. Now, here's a subtle process by the brain, which we call thoughts, yeah? Now... There's so much more subtle. Why is it that we believe we're doing that when we don't believe we're digesting, pumping the blood, beating the heart? Why is that? Because it's so fast that thought is coming in. It's so fast. You, you, you so its reaction to claim it is to put itself at the masthead. I'm the one who's doing that. When it's obvious it's not digesting, it's obvious it's not pumping the blood, but the thought system, because it's so subtle, it can be claimed, yeah? And which is, where is most of your attention and interest and attention going to? Is it going to your digestion? Is it going to the nervous system? Are you incredibly interested all day in, t- in your heart? Or is it going to the thought system? We were talking about it the other day, when you were a kid, all the gates were fucking, had a lot of traffic going through them. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Most of them aren't even being used anymore. It's all up here. Yeah? Did you ever see those dog cones when they have mange? You put them on, we got this like satellite dish, and we're just picking up K-Paul, the radio station, all about me, all the, all the time. It's freaking incredible. <laughs> But it takes me 20 minutes to get a meditation, then I have one second of one, one nanosecond of silentness. But you ask me then to get still on my thoughts and get a step back. That's very hard. I'm not saying still the thoughts. I'm just saying maybe entertain they're not yours. Start there. I'm telling you, the thoughts, 
the thoughts are thoughts. It's your interest and attention that's be allowing them to be. They're being used to drive you crazy. It's your interest and attention in them. If the interest and attention could be relieved, the thoughts won't mean as much to you anymore. They won't. You'll be able easily... You are the stillness. So you're not going to be trying to get there anymore. You're going to realize you could never have left. Yeah? It still is happening. I, I meditate at this 5 a.m. I take the scooter, I go to the school, and I get angry at one thing, and I lost everything. But you didn't get angry. It was just anger coming. Why is it that when anger arises, we think it's us? See, someone else has anger. You're much easier to forgive they having anger than you having anger. Why? Because you think you should be different than them. It's all selfing. It's all selfing. Plus, that when you're there, there's no anger. Then anger arises. First, there was nothing. Then it appears, so it can't be you. It wasn't there, and then it is there. It's being seen, so it can't be you because you're the one seeing it. It's like what he said yesterday. It's the first knot. The identification of the thing you are, this person. Not only the body you think you are, your mind. It's the whole thing. It's the body mind identification, thinking that there is a Marco, that there is a Tina, that there is a Mirai. It's the bonding agent. Yeah. The mental state uses the anger, calls it my anger, and then it, and then it connects you to the imaginary you. Yes. With a lot of meditation, I can see when I get angry. That's that's better than before than ten years before. But it's still very hard to steer it all, to to uh, contain it all, to to step this, do the step back, and then as a life, uh, as a vision of life. It's impossible for you to do that. It's not even very hard. It's impossible. But if you're not the you, you may be there where you're trying to get to. I'm saying, I'm, I know for positive you are. You are there where the self is trying to get to. The self is making a very long journey between here and here. That's what the selfing does. Yeah? It adds time and space to everything. The solution is prior to the problem, always. Never after the problem. Yeah? It's prior to it. From the solution's point of view, it's a mental activity. It's not, you were never tattooed 20 years ago with this self, nothing like that. It's a possibility that's repeated constantly by the mental state, and now it's become us for all intents and purposes, yes? And that identification, I believe, is the root of all suffering. Because mm -hmm. that identification is with something that wants to become and unbecome. Mm -hmm. And it can never be a self. It can only seem to be. And seeming is a very important word. It can only appear to be true or false to you. But the mental state cannot create a self. It can only make one. And, it, and also, it does this really interesting trick. It assumes that you already are something it doesn't want to be. So it's constantly in this, this movement of desire to become something it isn't and to unbecome something it thinks it is. Yes? 
and this desire can never be fulfilled so it's just constantly agitating, agitating, agitating. And that little stirring, constant chronic stirring, is our disease, our irritability, our restlessness, the generator of all the seeking, and everything, everything is led by the ignorance knows. Yeah? You're assuming you're something that you're not, that needs to be liberated. You're assuming something that you're not, that needs not to have anger. You're assuming to be something that you're not, that hasn't gotten there yet. Yet, in fact, you are where you want to get to. What's looking is what you're looking for. The seeker is the sort. Yes? And it's not the seeker is the sort later on. It's the seeker is the sort now. Yes? Timelessness is now. And I'll tell you, when you start getting the downloads of timelessness, you'll know what it feels like because it has a distinct different feeling than time has a distinct different feeling. Hmm? First of all, I mean, I'm raising my two children. I wonder when you get this kind of information, how, I mean, how do you get the children? How do you raise children? Possibly. She'd be better to answer that than me. I don't have children. No, but I, I mean, what I, what I wonder, you said, well, when you're a child, you don't have, you are more like, you sense you. Yes. Just have faith in holding the space and see what happens. Yeah, but, or is it so that they have to go through it anyway? It yeah. probably means they're going to have to go through what they have to go through. But sure. if, you're, if you're present mind, if you are present as mom in their presence, yeah. then you make their journey a lot more easier by yeah, being yeah, present. I, yeah. And you know, they they'll pick up more than anything ever said, you know. Where you're resting in, they'll pick it up. They can smell it like an animal. Especially when they're Yeah? The faith is, you know, the faith is you step out and then the stare appears, in a way. You realize you don't know. And then you have the ability to find out. And when you don't know, it's a very open space. So things can come in. And it'll be the exact appropriate bit of information to know for just that moment, yeah? And when it's done, it's gone. It's not, it doesn't get stored. It's just like being on a need-to-know basis. Things work out, yeah? Yeah. I mean, look at, see, I'll tell you, my mother probably, I was not a, you know, I was very difficult on my family, you know, what went, to, went on with me. And I would bet if you took a hundred people that knew me, a hundred of them would have said, he's never going to make it, and yet here I am, yeah? So, be open to surprises, because situations and people are going to surprise you, yeah? That people that you thought could never get better, get better. People that you thought this could never happen to, it happens to, yeah? We see it in recovery all the time. Someone comes in and out 11 times and everyone thinks they're never going to get it. Suddenly one time they come in, they like the meetings, they understand what's going on, and they're sober now for 20-something years. Yeah. But if you would have took a vote, everyone in the room would have said they're never going to make it. 
Do not rely on that failed system. I don't know. I can't tell. I'd have to see. I could, for me, I remember my mother prayed constantly for me, and maybe it was prayer that finally brought it about. Perhaps you know, because you did. She had the whole congregation praying for me, and maybe that's why I finally got sober. I don't know. I don't know what's moving everything here. I really don't. But that itself isn't being touched by any thoughts or anything. Yeah? Our inherent nature is like empty sky. Nothing that appears in it affects it one bit. And that's something to be acknowledged. Yeah? Like the Course in Miracles says, your attack thoughts are attacking your invulnerability. So you're invulnerable. What you are is, is untouchable. Yes? Yes. But what we think we are is dependent on so many others. Here, look at... When you take yourself to be the body, what are you confronted with every day? You feel like you're the manager of a life, yes? And you've got some... You have some things that are going on. You have your mental condition, your emotional condition, your physical condition, your circumstantial and... and uh, circumstantial and... Uh, financial condition. And you feel from the selfing that if I could only manage these things to a certain point and get them all just right, yeah, where everything lined up and everything was going well, I would feel great, yeah? It's like the dream of all dreams. So let's say someone goes to a retreat or any nice spa and they're in there for a week and they're getting foot massages and baths and facials and, you know, pampered four meals a day, you know, like freaking just great. So now there's no, they're not getting any bills or phone calls. They don't know what's going on in their world. So they get their emotional state nice seemingly and their circumstantial state's nice and they have money in the bank and their mental states sort of calm down. Their physical state feels great, yeah? So at, at 9 in the morning, on Sunday morning, they've arrived. I feel freaking great, yes? But what happens? 9.01 shows up, yeah? Things change. All those conditions are volatile. Maybe you get a phone call. Oh, your girlfriend's sleeping with the teacher. Oh, there goes your emotional state, yeah? Then you get a, you call the bank. Oh, someone, you have ID theft. All your money's gone. There it goes. So your condition is based on very volatile conditions, yeah? And the drive is to try to manage them because they are what reflect our condition. That's slavery to me. Find a condition that's prior to all the other conditions that's not conditional. And there you can find true security while you're dealing with everything else, yes? But everything else, no matter how good you are and you get it just right, you've got the wave of time that will knock it down like every freaking sandcastle you ever built on the beach. You think, oh, you think, oh, we're far enough from the wave, but the tide brings it up. And then there it goes. The sand, the castle's gone again. And then you work hard to build it, and then it gets washed aside. Yeah. Volatile states cannot be tamed in the arena of time. You're not going to quell something that's agitated because it's being agitated by time, in time. 
You're not going to find peace in your circumstances all the time. You're not going to find peace in your emotional state all the time. You're not going to find peace in your mental state all the time. And you're not going to find peace in your physical state all the time. It's insane to be in that conditional state that I'm okay when all of this is okay is a bad deal, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I would like to have something much more reliable, meaning it's always available at all times, right where I am, and there's no requirement to meet it because I am it. That brings the bomb or the salve or the peace that none of this can produce long-lastingly. It can't. You can be peaceful for a time, but you won't be peaceless all the time. Yeah? But you will be peace in timelessness. Because it's all time and no time. Why not? It's, it, it, all it takes is one step back. I mean, we're planning journeys. I'm going back to San Francisco. It's like a 17-hour odyssey through like four planes. But to be with myself, all it is one step back. You don't even have to see it. It's just like, yeah. I would go. I would go. I'd spend five hundred dollars a night. <laughs> all I needed was to take one step back. <laughs> but see, if you believe you're the Alpha and the Omega, you don't think there's a step back. All you believe is there's step forwards. So I'm going to enter Buddhism, I'm going to enter this, I'm going to enter that, and I'm going to try to get that and contain that. It's actually what I'm looking for back here in a sense. But instead, one's not even a step back. You know? The selfing places us to be at square three on the game board. And if you look at a game from square three, it may be different than if you looked at it from square zero, yeah? It would make sense. Risk could be monopoly. You have no idea. So what happens is, all right, so now you're running, so you get to square 23, you've been working really hard, and then your mind opens up, and what's revealed at square 23, when your mind cracks open? You're at square zero, yeah? Okay, now, all right, you do more stuff, and you get to square 53, and you have an awakening. What happens? You wake up. Where are you? Square zero. Then, all right, then you get to square 84. I mean, you should be really advanced by now. Fucking, you give up the ghost, it opens up, and where you are? Square zero. It's got a dawn on you. You've never left square zero. Square 83 was appearing in square zero. Square 23 is appearing in square zero. You never leave where you're trying to get to. Yeah, and that's everything. Nothing is, you know, there's a lot of meaning when you hear nothing. It, but if you're in it, it's, it's everything. Yeah, it's just a simple invitation, you know? It's just, I'm not, this isn't a draft or anything. <laughs> you don't have to join anything. You're not going to get a newsletter. You're not going <laughs> to, if you come tomorrow, you're not going to be shown the secret handshake. There is no secret handshake, there's no password. There's no higher, you know, a black belt or a green belt. It's right where you are, you know. You are exactly what you've been looking for, but not with, not by what's looking. Yes? You have been exactly what you're looking for. What you're missing in your own life, what you're truly lonely for, is what you are, really. 
we want to replace it with maybe another person. But what another person does just emphasizes it in reality. If it's a, 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 a good relationship, it emphasizes it. But we're lonely for us, for what we really are here. It's the guest that we've been waiting for, and we just mistake it. We call it nothing, and to our head that means shit. Well, to it, to us, to life, it's everything. Yeah. I don't know. It put the end. It was. It's been. It turned into the last answer for me. It's been like 15, 16 years. I've been entertaining it. It's never ending. Yeah. There's no point where it stops. The only thing you can do here is entertain it. Yeah. That's it. It's not hard. Just like we're entertaining insane ideas all day. We're entertaining that there's a tomorrow and shit like that. It's once you let's say we have the ability to make things seem to be so. We don't do, don't we? We can take something that really isn't a problem and make it a problem, can't we? Pretty easy. So there seems to be a power being demonstrated. That we can make things, we can make things all day. Now, what happens if we turn that thing that's making stuff out of nothing and you turn it into what is really so? You cannot believe what can happen. Yeah? You match it. If you have the power to make something so that isn't, it's unbelievable when you turn that power to make something to so to what so <laughs> it's like a huge it's like a generator meaning its source yeah you'll feel a new power flow in you'll lose interest in yourself and gain interest in other things or no thing you'll sense the conscious presence all this stuff will happen with no thought or effort on our part it will just be a byproduct yeah? And that's just the beginning. So you'll have an ease and comfort in this skin and in the circumstances you find yourself in. And the only thing you can get in between is the thinking process. Exactly. But the thinking comes way later. But we start at thought seemingly, so we believe we believe that's the beginning point. It's not the beginning point. It's a process that implies it was before the process. So the thinking, the, the feeling of being a thinker is you believe you, you're there when there is no thought, but it's alive. The thinker is never there, except with a thought. They both give birth to each other. Without a thought, there is no thinker. Without a feeler, there is no feeling. Yeah? Without a feeling, there is no feeling. That's how it goes. This is something... It's just so simple. Like it says, it's an open secret, a gateless gate. The seeker is the sort, you know, you are what you're looking for. They, they say it in so many ways, attempting to sort of, that desire of the mental state to make it something, constantly make it something, make it something, so that it's palatable to it. You don't want something that's palatable to the failed system. You want something, when it's introduced to me, I like to be, I like irritation. You know, so I don't. You like irritation. I like irritation in these. <laughs> what? Yeah, I think irritation. What's your? What's your? 
don't even dare say thought, or opinion, or idea on awareness, this powerful word that is being used by everybody. I just like the word seeing, because you feel like you're seeing already, mm-hmm. but let's just give it a different flavor. Yeah, Awareness, anything you say, in a way, objectifies that. Mm-hmm. So awareness now becomes like an object. Oh, I saw some awareness today on you know fucking near the beach. <laughs> I saw a big a big thing of awareness, you know. So all language objectifies, mm-hmm. and it works sometimes with objects, but not with things, not with like things, not with awareness or being. You can't objectify those. So seeing, I just like because it's a verb. Seeing, mm-hmm. and that's what I feel being alive is. Yeah, but it, it's being used in the same contents as awareness. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yes, but I don't. For me, my favorite word is big M mind. I like you the word mind. You just use different words. Hmm? You just use different words. Yeah, I like the word mind is the, is best because when it, when mind is said here, it triggers the most for me. Mm-hmm. It opens up like a big back door. Yeah. Because uh, the old Zen teachers in China used mind. Mm-hmm. They never used love or being or consciousness. They used mind. But then they didn't refer to the thinking process. No, no, no. But awareness applies to the thinking process to a certain degree. No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Awareness it doesn't isn't. Pa- it doesn't. Af- it's it's what's allowing the thinking process to be noticed. Yeah, but it's not a- anything to do with it. No. I call what we're dealing with is mental, not mind. Yeah? Mm-hmm. The selfing is in a mental, it's a mental process. It's not mind in a way. It is, but it isn't, you know? But it's a mental process. Are you familiar with the work of Krishnamurti? No, very little. But I've heard of him, yeah. yeah. I'm not well read, which served me greatly. <laughs> because one of the biggest impediments to know is knowing. <laughs> yes, but sometimes it's necessary. You need a little bit of it, I think. I but think if you so overdo too. it, it spoils the, the meal. Well, if it becomes too in an excess where it controls everything, then it's, of course, out of balance. It's hard to find out about something if you think you know it, though. It's difficult. But if you've never, if you've never been exposed, if you've never seen, yes, it, I think as an invitation, it's great. It's necessary, I would think. And it be treated as such, yeah. Like I, I like messages. Like I always like the cryptic Zen stuff because mm-hmm. it's usually just a sentence, you know. Mm-hmm. Or like Saint Francis, what's looking is what you're looking for. Or Huang Po, the mind you can't use mind to seek mind. Mm-hmm. That's that downloads volumes mm-hmm. to me. Those little statements. That's my little my preference when I see these books that are like 500 pages on consciousness it scares the bejesus out of me mm-hmm. how, how can you have that much to say about <laughs> it you know it does man. I, I talk at this new age bookstore mm-hmm. near in, in, in uh, Marin County near where I live they have thousands of yes, books yes. and some of these new ones there are at least 900 pages uh-huh. <laughs> 900 pages on consciousness <laughs> <laughs> just, just why not just be your conscious? You know what I mean? I don't. Why do I want to have what I an activity of what I am explained? You know, I, I would think I could figure it out because it's you know <laughs> I am it. <laughs> but 
Thank you, though. I appreciate the effort. 900 pages. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's really, it's sort of so funny. You know? So, I have faith in all of us. That's why I, we never have intentions or retreats or anything. I don't think it's necessary. I think it's best that where you live, you let this entertain us, you take a walk in that open space with this wind blowing, it'll be the best scriptures you ever read. Yeah? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And then you'll come to, you'll appreciate things, but to me, the greatest part of a tool is it becomes obsolete. You know? the, be- the best part of a, a process is it becomes obsolete. That's a, its true success. Because you're always going to be left to your own devices, in a sense. You know? And then prior to those devices. It, if, it, if it lands you anywhere else, it's to me, is a false journey. You know? so, I mean, I love, I read the course, and I just remember about six nuggets, and they always trigger, like, all that ever came out of that book with me. Yeah? Just six nuggets. This opens up. It's like the whole course, the flavor of the whole thing comes in just by saying one sentence. I remember because that one sentence has tons of. You know, oh, the course in miracles is a trip. <laughs> it was downloaded to a woman, a psychiatrist. Yeah, came in the seventies. I was I was introduced to it in my life, and I was involved with it heavily with a like a cult almost cult of the course of miracles it was a trip man but uh, I never laughed so much in my life because it would be a totally description of the mental house you've been living in seemingly (laughs) I don't know it just pulled the rug out from underneath you every time you try to get up it would just pull it out and after a while you just stayed laid down you know I like that stuff. Just little reminders, you know. I think you have enough. You're more than enough. You don't need a huge. You know, just a little thing. Lights you right up, right? Yeah. You're the generator of the fire, you know. Once it's lit, you don't need to get any more matches, you know. Right now, you may need a match, which is hopefully this will play a part in. But, yeah, you don't even have to carry a matchbook. Once it's lit, it's self-generated. Yeah, there'll be no putting it out. If it never was put on. Yeah. Just have faith in it. You know, faith how you have faith in the thoughts? You're so sure that you're right about somebody's thoughts? Yeah, hopefully you don't. That's good. Well, that faith that now has been seem to be insane to put into a thought system, now when it, re- when it leaves the thought system, it may go into that. What's this man talking about? Faith mind. You'll have faith in that which doesn't have to advertise or scream at you. And, you'll just, and then you'll see that faith is well invested over the years. Yeah? I can say, I can, before when I was using, I could not live life without being managed by other people. And now I've been like a free-range alcoholic for 28 years, fucking roaming around, traveling, everything like that. It's incredible. Before I was incarcerated, quite a lot. What happened? I didn't change at all. The mind. I was never the driver anyway of the bus. That's the good news. Then you can be freed from all your transgressions because they're not yours. 
I mean, truly, because most people, the last hook they're on is their own. There's something you may have done or didn't do that you feel that you really should have done. And, it's, and you're, you've been convicted in that court of mind. And a lot of us are just living out a sentence in a way. Yeah? When you let left off the hook, you'll be able to allow everyone else off the hooks. Yeah? I don't, you know, you can't, whatever, you know. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I'll tell you one thing. I was in Turkey, which are the greatest salespeople ever. You ever been to Turkey? Yeah. They're really good, you know. And they know you, that you're not from there. So they, they, the trick they had on us is the guy said, oh, I'll show you around, yeah, like a, a free tour guide. And then he took us to a carpet factory, a rug factory, yeah. And then suddenly, I never, we never see him again, and all these cousins come out other guys, and they start bringing these rugs out, and they're flipping them, and they're light shining them, they give you some Turkish coffee or apple juice, and they're putting on this show for hours, you know, to sell you a rug. That's their whole thing. And they got 12 people coming in and out. One person leaves, you never see them, another person comes in, and yet I'd be sitting there, and so they said, why don't you buy a rug? And I'd say, I'd love to, but I don't have a flaw. I didn't have. I wasn't living anywhere. I didn't have a flaw, and because of the acknowledgement, I had no flaw. I had complete immunity to all their advertising. Yeah, and they said, "Well, we can pack the rug up so tight you can put it in your knapsack." I said, "Really? Come on! I'm going to travel around the world with a rug in my knapsack. Come on, give me a break." The absurdity gave me a total immunity, no matter how good the advertising is. And it would match the mental advertising that we have in our head. These guys are freaking unbelievable. But because I was clear, I had no flaw, there was no way they could sell me a rug. Check it out. You're not a fucking body. All the yapping as if you are, or you're going to be, or this or that, and all the reality, it drenches in there, and I am so scared. You have never been the one who's ever been scared. It's been a mental or a physical reaction to stimuli. You have not moved one inch. You're like the the all-seeing eye, never blinks, never looks this way or that. You are so constant, so completely constant, you can't recognize it as anything other than what you are. It's like gravity. You know, if you go to a cafe here, there's not many of them, but if you go to a cafe and you're listening to people, I bet you not one person in Bonaire today or yesterday or the last years, you never catch someone talking about the effects of gravity on them. You know? Like, oh, gravity's pushing my shoulders. Can you see it? It's a little lower than this one. Gravity's on this really pretty bad. No one's talking about gravity, yet it's affecting our bodies all day. Well, I am talking about gravity, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm getting older. Like, yeah, I'm talking about gravity. Oh, the effects of gravity. Yes. Exactly. But we never say it's gravity. So, like, when we go up the hill, no, we, we, we claim the hill. Yeah. But it's because we're running into the gravity, yeah? So... The only way you'll know gravity's effects is by its absence. Yeah? So if you went into an anti-gravity chamber, you would know all you could ever possibly learn about gravity in that one moment. Yeah? You would, all the studying wouldn't produce the same effect. All the knowledge trying to you know, study what gravity is. By having its effects stopped, you would know it immediately. That's exactly what this is like. 
once you have a sense of not being that, you'll know exactly what all of that is. And if you don't see, if it doesn't seem to grab hold, repetition can be helpful. And one time, it's going to get all the way in. It's going to lodge right where you are, yeah, and it's going to be the rock in a sense. Every time you seemingly go back there or just have awareness of it, you'll be resting in it. Yeah. Yes. Did I sell you any rugs tonight? <laughs> <laughs>